Hey guys, it's as simple as can be. Passionate, authentic, real Judaism is founded on truth. If you don't know, you can't do. Knowledge and awareness is the first step to action and change. There are deep, mystical, beautiful reasons behind why we do what we do as Jewish people. Living a committed Jewish life is the key to living your best life because it's good for you and it's how you're meant to live. It all starts with knowing why. Because that, my friends, is all you need to know. How are you? Hello, everybody. Welcome to Zmanche Rosinu, the time of our freedom. We are about to break free, loose the chains, and the Django Unchained. <laughs> okay, oh. that was a great intro. This is the episode we're going to be releasing on Pesach. All you need to know about Pesach, some ideas behind Pesach. What is this holiday all about? What is everything you need to know about Pesach? What's some of the core themes? Let's cut straight to the jungler. What's going on? Ezra, can you tell me? A little bit of background behind this holiday that is coming up. It's got tons of hype. Everyone's preparing, cleaning, doing all this stuff. But like, what is this holiday really all about? Like, if there's one thing you needed to know about this holiday, what would it be? Um, yeah, and I would agree with you that this holiday, when it comes up to Pesach, probably the most prep, definitely the most prep of any other holiday, right? You always kind of just jump in, buy your cheesecake, you're good, you're set to go, shtag all night. Uh, when it comes to sukkahs as well, it involves building a sukkah, but that's not even quite as much prep as changing over the whole, like, complete transformation. Uh, you're completely different than the regular way you're eating during the year. Got to kosher everything, new foods, whole new diet, especially the days when we prepared our, baked our own matzahs. Mm, yeah, not, uh, <laughs> not there anymore. Starting from scratch. Um, and yeah, I believe that's going to be one of the movements, uh, you know, people into making their own sourdough during... Uh, during so now we're going to be making your own pasta. Now we're going yeah, to be making your own matzah. Yeah, soon it's going to be making own Nothing more manly oh, than yeah. a man making his own matzahs. Yeah, there you go. Um, Everyone does yeah. their own thing. <laughs> so definitely needs the most preparation of any other Yom Tif. Um, and that's because Pesach is when we completely transform ourselves, just like when Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. Um, he took us out of being slaves to Paro and it made us servants to him. Uh, he changed, so to speak, um, who we belong to, right? We belong to Paro, we belong to the Mitzrayim. Uh, Hashem redeemed us from them and immediately transformed us into his people, chose us as his people. And the exact moment when he did that was when he skipped over the homes. Hmm. And that is why we have such a weird name uh, to this Pesach. holiday. Uh, Pesach, which means skip, right? Mm. If you say, oh, happy skip, everybody, right? And then Shaw, you go around shaking everybody's hand. Oh, happy skip, happy skip, right? Everybody's going to think you're off the rocker. Pass over, pass over. Yeah, and it is really weird. Like, call it maybe Chagat Matzos, call it um, um, Holiday of No Chametz. You know, there's so many other names for it. But to call it to skip uh, it's just kind of an interesting name. Okay. Uh, and the reason is because that is the very moment when Hashem chose us to be his people. And when Hashem transferred over our ownership from belonging to Paro, from belonging to the Mitzrayim, mm. uh, to belonging to his nation. And that's why we're giving so much praise. Thanks to Hashem, Halo Vehoda, the entire Seder night. 
uh, is all about giving thanks to Hashem. Uh, we begin at the lowest point, Maschal Beginus, talk about how we're slaves to Paro. Uh, and that just brings out the contrast of all the, the, the joyful appreciation and gratitude that we have to Hashem. And that's why we finish off with Halal. Um, and why there's uh, all the sacrifices of Pesach, uh, why we finish off with hollow or giving thanks, praise to Hashem nonstop throughout the Seder. Um, and that's why this holiday got the name that it did, because that was the key moment when Hashem passed over us. Uh, he was differentiating us from the Egyptians mm. and saying, you are not them, you don't belong to them, you're now my people, and therefore I'm going to pass over you because mm. you now belong to me. So I would have, I mean, just like to play devil's advocate here for a, for a second. Like, I would assume that instead of calling it Passover, because he passed over, I mean, tell me if I'm understanding this correctly, because he passed over us, that's the moment he cho- chose us. Like, wouldn't it be like happy chosen day? Because mm-hmm. like he specifically chose us. So like, why Passover as opposed to chose? Mm. Um, because maybe at this point he didn't fully choose us because that happened Shavuos when we fully received the, yeah, we had to choose Mm. him for us to choose us, Mm. but that's when Hashem chose us, right? When he, the fact that he skipped over us means we weren't like them. We're still Um, neutral, we're still neutral, but like. No, he still took us out and he believed in us and he was going to give us the mission, but we had yet to accept the Torah Mm. and fully become. We were still in like slave mentality. Mm -hmm. Something like I heard similar to that is kind of like an interesting thought comes up like, okay, we were slaves to Paro. We were slaves in Mitzrayim and now we're going to be slaves to God. But like, why is it even a good thing to be a slave? Like, like, why do we want to be slaves anyways? Like that's such a derogatory negative association with like the word slave. Like I don't want to be a slave to God. Mm. Um, but like something that I heard when I was, this is actually from Ruthie Halberstam, her, her, she's Rabbi Kiva Tatz's daughter. She was saying how like you want to be a slave to the truth, and like God is the absolute truth and the ultimate truth. So like really, you're not a slave if you're a slave to truth. You're living to your greatest humanity's purpose mm. because like you're living to your highest self. That's like yeah, you can call it a slave. But that's really just semantics. Like a slave to the truth isn't a slave. They're just living to the highest state a person can possibly live, like living to truth. And if you're c- completely committed to truth, then like yeah, I guess you could call it a slave, but. I don't know. It's an interesting idea. You have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I just want to tie up the loose end because we were discussing why we, there's so much preparation for mm. this hog more than mm. any other hog. Um, and I believe the reason is because the whole essence of the day is transformation, right? Mm. Completely changing our lifestyle from those of the Mitzrayim, uh, serving halalu of the Avodah halalu of the Avodah We're serving worship, uh, idol worship at worshiping idols at the time um and we went through this whole transformation and that's the whole process from pesach to shavuos is all about 40 days transformation 40 represents transformation over and over in the torah 40 days baby has in the womb that's mm. when he transformed into being a human being 40 days moshe Rabbeinu was up on the mountain 40 days of the marble uh, we find 40 over and over again, 40 sa'ah in a mikvah, which is a body of water that's meant to transform the person from a place of impurity to a place of purity. The 40s transformation. Yeah. Um, and therefore Pesach, when we leave, the whole process after that is transformation. Um, so Pesach is that, that flip of the switch, right, where Hashem chose us to be his people. Uh, and now we're, we're, we're meant to live on like a whole different plane of reality, of existence. Um, and therefore, similar to how spiritually uh, we, we need a lot of transformation and prep, so too we transform a whole diet when it comes to Pesach. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're eating completely different. We're changing our lifestyle from our regular year. 
uh, everything we're doing, a lot more intention, a lot more um, keen eye to detail, mm -hmm. right? You got to check every single ingredient. Every oh, maybe that spice was sprayed with alcohol spray. Um, every crack for hummus, every ingredient we're so careful about, completely changing over our kitchen. New food, uh, similar to how, as Jews, we completely change over our lifestyle. And now I just want to come back uh, to that question that you were asking. Uh, now that we've tied up that loose end, um, that when it comes to slavery, um, yes, slave is generally a derogatory term, um, but at its essence, what it means is that you, um, that you're giving up your will mm. uh, for somebody else's will, right? And that's why it's derogatory, because for you to give up your will for another human being, who said that other human being is any better than you, mm. right? Uh, and that's why it goes so get, so much so much against liberal ideas, right? Of uh, all men are created equal and um, no one person is better than anyone else. And that's why we find it so derogatory. Mm. Um, but um, if, as you mentioned, you're being subservient to the truth, right? Higher power. Um, somebody you know has your best intentions in, in mind. Somebody who created this world. world out of love to give. Mm -hmm. Um, to be a beneficiary, uh, to give you the, the best you can possibly have, which is connection to him himself, uh, which is the only real source of existence, right? You need to connect to something infinite in order for there to be meaning beyond this physical realm. Mm. Um, and that's like probably the most powerful idea and most powerful source of meaning that anybody can get out of this world uh, is to be able to connect to and experience the infinite. Um, and to say that you're a servant to a higher power, to a higher power who has your best intentions in mind, uh, that's giving you this opportunity out of love to build yourself, to emulate him, right? We're supposed to emulate Hashem to the highest degree possible. Uh, and through that, we can gain closeness uh, because when we're emulating God, we are, so to speak, we're building ourselves mm. to be as God-like as possible. Um, and that is the source of the ultimate pleasure we can possibly receive in this world. So if somebody says, oh, I want you to be a servant uh, to living your best life, to living with the most pleasure possible. You have to be your greatest self. Yeah. <laughs> like, you need to be the best person you can be. Like, yeah. you must. Yeah. Would you uh, do it? Yeah. And obviously, it involves a lot of limitations. Yeah. You know, similar to how... An if, athlete, like an Olympic marathoner. They yeah. have tons of limitations, but that's because they're trying to go for the gold. Yeah. You can't just, uh, you know, pound pizza all day and expect like, to be an have, Olympic runner. Yeah. Uh, so if that's what you dedicate your life to, um, so then that discipline helps you get to a place of freedom. Mm. Uh, and this is an idea commonly shared by Pesach, that wisest Monche Rusenu, the time of our freedom. This is like the furthest thing in Judaism. So many limitations. Yeah, Judaism is probably, I mean, at least the outside world looks at it as uh, the most limiting religion, right? Mm. 365 don't do's, right? So pretty much anything you want to do in life, right? People you want to marry, oh, you're limited to 0.2% of the world. Uh, you want to eat at all the amazing restaurants that mm. this world has to offer and Thai cuisine. Nope, you can only eat in Brooklyn, New York, where there's kosher restaurants. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but if you're stuck out here in Sydney or in Portland, Oregon, you know, you are finished. Uh, or no maybe you'll eat at your one deli, you know, when mm. there's some of the best cuisines around. Um, so your average and Shabbos, oh, you know, maybe there's like, what? A lot of restrictions. A lot of restrictions, can't drive anywhere, basically know where you can go. What if you're bored? Oh, oh. 
Um, and oh, when you wake up, you gotta put on tefillin, gotta lock dive in. Um, so many rules, yeah. many restrictions. Out of all restrictions, uh, and that takes up a pretty big percentage of your day, you mm-hmm. know, if you count in uh, learning time, growing time, praying time, Shabbos time, mm-hmm. you know, uh, everything together takes up a, such a big portion of your world, uh, but it also adds in and infuses your life with so much meaning mm-hmm. and so much connection to truth. A slave uh, to truth. Yeah. Like you're literally binding yourself to all these things that are your quote unquote restrictions. But, like, that's what's almost, like, molding you into that Olympic marathoner. Because it's, like, created, like, those restrictions are the mold to create you into the the perfect marathoner. Like, that's going to hit the PR and, like, hit the limit and achieve all your dreams you've been trying to achieve. Which I just think is so cool. Mm. Um, but, like, you, sorry, you had something? Oh, no, I was just going to finish off with a line in the Talmud that says, Ein bin Horn, elami she'osek batara. Uh, there's no free per- free man. There's no free person. Only somebody who um, toils in Torah gives his whole life up uh, for Torah. That's the only person who's free. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's really a question to put out there, which is what is true freedom? Is it expression of self through uh, just a completely open channel where you can do whatever you want, when you want, when you feel like it? Mm. Um, and express your instincts or is true freedom when you can express not your instincts, but your higher self, um, in what? Yeah. In the most direct and channeled way possible. Mm. Um, so that like fuels into this, like the second part of that idea that I was learning from this same sheer Ruthie Halverson double shout out here. She was saying something along like the first example of the slave is a slave who is kind of, as you said before, like is putting, subjecting their will or sorry, suppressing their will for the will of their master. Like the case of a slave to a person, but you said like all men are equal. So like that's, that's what sits uncomfortably with us. Mm -hmm. But so she said like, that's the lower level of slave. Like when we were slaves to Paro Mitzrayim, we were slaves to a person and we had to subject ourselves to that, you know, a person. And so we almost had to suppress ourselves. But then she said, like, in the second case of slavery, when we're slaves to Hashem, when we're slaves to Judaism, we're slaves to a higher power, when we're slaves to um, uh, becoming our greatest self, uh, slaves to our purpose, like, driven towards our purpose, she said that's full expression. And she used the example of Moshe Rabbeinu because he was a nothingness as well. Like, he was... He was called in the Torah an Eved Hashem. He was called a servant of God, a slave of God. And yet he was the man that the entire Torah was given through. And he, like, it's just so cool that you can be your greatest self and you can have your fullest personality and your fullest expression of self through your greatness. And it's almost, it's almost your greatness will come through your fullest expression of self, but it's like coupled together with the fact that you are doing it to be an Eved Hashem, to be a servant of Hashem. And I just think that's such a cool idea of the contrast of suppressing yourself through slavery is like the negative aspect of slavery. That's not what Judaism is trying to channel, but full expression of self, full being your greatest self through channeling it, as you said, to that higher purpose, that higher direction, that is the greatest form of quote unquote slavery because it's it's you're a slave to your greatest self to to your mission like what you were put here in this world that's so cool okay before we close up i just want you to to 
end off with kind of like what is the core idea we should be thinking about like as we're sitting at the seder as we're going through the steps and like like we're not going to go through every step now and kind of talk about each one and everything like what is one core feeling that we should be feeling when we're sitting at the seder that we should try to tap into that we should try to channel like if you could give one word that could like sum up what you should be feeling when you're sitting at the seder what we can try to tap into channel as we're with family as we're with friends however it is that we're sitting at the seder whatever our seder tables may look like whatever our passover experience may look like what's one word that you think we can channel and why Mm. um but first a sip of coffee (laughs) you literally waited for that (laughs) Well, these Mexican single-origin bees are absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, getting a lot of clove. We have a plug for coffee, everybody. <laughs> unabashed plug for the Pitted Beans. Yes. Putting it out Join there. us at the Pitted Beans, Sydney, Australia, in our home, Tora Cafe, first of its kind. It's going to be that. Um, and by the way, I was just thinking that when you were mentioning um, that the limitations are what helps you express your greatest self. Same thing was with coffee when you're trying to pull like a good espresso shot. Mm. You have to get the right grind size, <laughs> pull it in just the right way with the right amount of pressure at the right temperature. Mm-hmm. And you have all these limitations, but that is what leads the to the greatest expression of the that shot. coffee. Mm. That's where you're going to get the best oil, the sweetest, the thickest texture. Um, and all the fruity flavors that come behind it, is particularly in this naturally. Um, the right ounces, base. you're measuring the ounces, the right foam on the milk, the mm-hmm. right degree, the right grind size. Yeah, I know yeah. all those details yeah. that I get wrong every time I try uh, to pull so a shot it's, for you. It's, this, <laughs> it's the same thing with us. Like if we want to express the, the greatest, our greatest selves, uh, there's all these limitations. We got to do it in the right way possible. That doesn't mean that there's not room for us to self-express and use our uniqueness and our uh, unique personalities, our individualistic personalities. Of course, there's room for that. Hashem calls upon us to do that. That's why he created us different and unique and individualistic in the first place and why he gave us all strengths and weaknesses. Um, but all that being said, there is certain parameters uh, where when you follow those, you're able to express yourself in the greatest way possible uh, and not lie prey to your instincts, uh, which are going to carry you away from being godly. Mm, and your greatest self. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, okay, back <laughs> to the question. That being said, the one word uh, where when I'm at the Seder uh, that a person should be thinking, in my opinion, is thank God that I am a Jew Hashem. Thank you so much. Um, for giving me a life of meaning. Thank you, Hashem, for choosing us to be the Jewish people, um, for choosing us to be your people, for giving us this higher mission, higher set of values, higher mode of living, um, all the limitations and freedoms that that entails. Um, and how geschmack it is to be a yid. There should be a massive smile on your face. You should be feeling the royalty, leaning Gratitude. Hashem look. Um, we're your high people. Uh, we're chosen for that higher per- purpose. Uh, we're all here celebrating to this day. Vihisha Amda. People tried wiping us out. They thought the Jews would have no hope. They're the consciousness of the world. We got to get rid of them. Um, but Hashem, you allowed us to prevail. You took care of us. You took us under your wing. You protected us. Hashem, thank you so much. And Hashem, 
you gave me so much meaning. Everything that I do throughout my day, every word that I say is an opportunity not to speak Lashonhara, to build people, to lift people, to speak positively, to judge other people favorably, to give tzedakah, to be kind to other people, to pray, to be daven, to be able to connect uh, to, the, to the highest power um, in this world, the infinite power in this world. Uh, there's no Yes, there's no opportunity like that. Torah is not just... Gaining knowledge, right, for the sake of knowledge, for the sake of uh, intellectual pursuits, we're actually connecting to Hashem through the Torah that we learn. We're building ourselves to be more like Him, more mm. like Hashem. Mm. Everything that we do is infused with so much meaning, so much power, and that's all thanks to the fact um, that Hashem chose us to be His people, mm. um, that He gave us mitzvos and mitzvos ase, mitzvos los ase, the do's and the don'ts, the things that bring us further away from Hashem, don't do those. Things that bring us closer to Hashem, do do those. And when we follow that, um, then we live life with endless plethora um, and possibilities um, to gain closest to Him. Every single little thing in our life is meaningful and we live such powerful um, lives filled with vitality, filled with energy, filled with, wow, you know, what I'm doing really makes a difference. Mm. Um, and I'm affecting Olamos, um, and I'm connecting, I'm affecting myself in the highest way possible. Because uh, your average person, you know, they're living to make money, making money, um, to, to be able to afford food, eating food so that they can work and then working again to make money. And they're living in this cycle, right? Where they're making money to live, living to make money. Um, but the Jew, right? The Yid, uh, he has something beyond uh, that cyclical uh, returning cycle, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, uh, that goes round and round. We're out of the hamster wheel of life. Um, and we have a higher purpose that we're living for. That no, we're not just eating to live and living to eat. Um, we're actually living for something mm-hmm. uh, much higher. We have an end goal, end purpose in this life. Um, when you live with that, it's night and day. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a whole different, um, it's a whole different flavor of, yeah. of eating. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think that that applies to everybody, not just the Jew. Like the people who are not Jewish have their role in this world as well. That can be tapping into a higher power as well. The seven laws, the seven mitzvot that non-Jewish people have, like, like God is part of that. They have to not worship other gods am i correct right mm-hmm. they have to accept hashem as well and they can connect to hashem in that power and i've met so many non-jewish people who are so deeply connected to hashem and they are such good and kind people like living connected to hashem so it's it's so possible and i think maybe something we can explore in a different episode because there's such good answers to this question is like what is it that makes us different like why are we different what what why why am I different than a non Jew? What if he can if a non Jew can connect to Hashem and I can? What's the difference? What's my yeah. role? Maybe yeah. that's something that's we'll explore. Yeah, it, like is it more than just the size of our noses? <laughs> no, oh my gosh, that was so not busy right there. <laughs> yeah. No, that's all good. That's all good. Um, definitely something to explore at a different time. But there are answers, and it, if it's a question that you are considering, stay tuned. We'll do it in another episode because I definitely struggled with that question for a very long time until I found answers that really resonated with me. So I love that. So you're saying just sit at the table, sit sit at the Seder table and just channel gratitude. Just be thankful that you're alive, thankful that you're here, thankful that you are a Jew, thankful that you are in Hashem's holy embrace. You're sitting at you're in this tradition of thousands of years. The people before you have been doing this tradition and you are part of this chain and to just be filled with gratitude that you're here with family, with friends and you're part of this mission. You're part of this 
cycle. You're part of this chain that's been unbroken from Moses himself. God gave the Torah to Moses, and here we are, literally sitting at the Seder, upholding the same things our grandfather and our great-grandfather and our great-grandmothers did before us hundreds of years, and it's such a feeling of gratitude that comes up. And I, I love that. I love that. It's so huge. And and that, my friends, is all no. you need well, to know. One more thing before we close. <laughs> I know that's super exciting. Yes, that's my intro. Ezra loves to make oh, fun of me. Man, but one more that, thing. That powerful one more thing before we close. Because this idea from Gedalia Fenster has been resonating so much with me this past week. He said, if you're just thinking too much, you need to start thinking. Stop thinking. Start thinking. Thinking has an I. Thinking has an A. Stop worrying about you, your head, your thoughts, your mind. You're thinking too much. Take the I, switch it to an A for the Almighty, for Hashem. Put in the A. Start thinking. I could breathe. I could walk. Gratitude is the number one thing that's going to heal everything. And that is our mission and our role as Jews, especially coming into this Pesach Seder, channel gratitude. And with that, we wish you a happy Pesach. And that, my friends, is all you need to know.